Hey everybody, I'm Daryl Cagle, and this is the Cagle Cast, where we're all about political cartoons. And today our topic is Trump Dog. That's both Trump the Dog and Trump with a dog, and anything that is Trump dog related and we have four great cartoonists plus myself here today to talk about trump and dogs gentlemen it's great to have you all here good to be here here. great to be here okay we're gonna start off with pat bagley pat has been the brilliant cartoonist for the salt lake tribune in utah since 1979 pat has won a ton of awards including the herblock award and he's also a shining star in our profession great to have you here pat good to be here so tell us about this cartoon Well, of course, when we do cartoons, we look at all the news. And they did this during the Westminster Dog Show. And to me, it was just an easy one. You know, these dogs respond to commands and and they thought, well, there's Trump. He is such a toadied Putin. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) No, no collusion. No collusion. I like the lips. I like Trump's lips here, Pat. Oh, thank you. The lips are funny. Um, this is early, early on in the in the evolution of Trump as a cartoon character, and it took me a while to kind of land on what I finally decided to make him look like. So this is I'm still trying to figure out what he what he looks like and how to draw him. Well, have, have you noticed that Trump's daughter Ivanka does bear quite a resemblance to her dad in a much nicer way, of course. <laughs> but they both have the same kind of lips, and Trump really acts these little feminine lips that are strangely pink. I don't know if anybody's noticed that but me. Because I always, no. when, I'm, when I'm painting a, a cartoon with him in it, I always have to go pinker on his lips. I've actually noticed they're white a lot sometimes. It's like he puts <laughs> some sort of powder on there or something. Yes. I don't know what it is. <laughs> There's a whole bunch of Trump standards that everybody's adopted. The small hands, yeah. the blue suit, the always red tie. That the long you tie. Just, yeah, long the tie, long, yeah. all it's, long red tie. Right, he, it's, his, it's his brand. You have to follow those or else it looks like you got something wrong. I don't know about you guys, but my caricature of Trump changed after uh, the mugshot. I was drawing him one way before the mugshot, and now I'm drawing him as pure evil. Well, I used to live in New York, and I remember Trump from the 1970s, and he was tall and skinny. And it took me a long time to think of him as being so fat. Uh, yeah, he, I think he looked like Elvis when he was younger. <laughs> my, you know, my, my, my ex-wife thought, thought Trump was very handsome, cute, cute as a, as a younger man. So, Pat, here's one that I did that is similar because it's so obvious that he is such a Putin toady. So, Bob, this is the first one from our Bob Engelhart, who was the editorial cartoonist for the Hartford Current for 35 years when his job was eliminated. Before that, he worked for Chicago Today and the Journal Gazette in Fort Wayne, Indiana, and the Journal Herald in Dayton, Ohio. And we have syndicated Bob's work for nearly 20 years. Great to have you here, Bob. Yeah, great to be here. Go to kegel.com slash Engelhart and put a little money in Bob's tip jar. And we would really appreciate that because Bob really needs a tip. I wanted to point out that I this is how I drew him until the mugshot. After the mugshot, I had a different character. But this is, I drew him with the, the, the mouth of a sucker fish, you know, a bottom feeder. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever fished a river, but... Uh, you can catch a sucker, they're an ugly fish. And I had to draw his mouth like that because every time he talks, I see that. I just see his <laughs> mouth like a sucker. I like how you always have the bald spot in his part. Oh, yeah. I see it. It's there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he tries to hide it, but uh, his skin is so pink. So it's a makeup on it, so it's a nice uh, pink orange. And orange. Pink and orange. Yeah. Bronzer. 
So <laughs> Dave, here we have Dave Womond. He, he is incredibly prolific. Dave draws two comics, Reality Check and Day by Dave. And Dave is also a prolific illustrator who does puzzles and greeting cards and lots of top-selling children's books and, of course, wonderful political cartoons for us. Great to have you here, Dave. Oh, thanks for having me. So tell us about Wagging the Dawn. Well, first off, I just want to mention my dog, Ruben, wants nothing, no association in whole or in part with Donald Trump, because we're doing Trump dog in, in one sentence, or, or any politician for that matter. So. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, this I can't remember. This is quite a while ago. It's funny how you go back and you can't even remember at the time what was going on. But I just, you know, wagging the dog, the reversal with wagging the dawn. So I can't remember the exact event that was happening with this one, but uh, I thought I'd do a reversal on it. Well, there was a, an event. Here's another wagging the dog from Adam Ziglas from the same time, 2016 is when this was happening and there are lots of wagging the dog cartoons that don't necessarily have donald trump's head on a metaphorical dog i don't remember what was going on either but he was i guess being warlike yeah it's hard to remember it's like so much happened in those four years and continues to happen like every day it's hard to keep everything straight after a while especially the way trump muddies everything with constant tweets and what have you mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. here's one of my trump dogs this is trump marking his territory how many think- newspapers use that cartoon <laughs> <laughs> they don't like when, I, when I was working for the current it was just a, a thing i could not get any puddle but then one day my editor published a, an elephant cartoon with a fire hydrant and a puddle next to it uh, and i i pointed out i said so you're, you're publishing dog pee puddles now he said what do you mean and i said you see the puddle next to the fire hydrant you see the dog that's a puddle of pee <laughs> he, oh, boy. He, was, uh, he was shocked <laughs> after that, after that, did they relent? And let you uh, draw no. pee and poo? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Daryl, you'd mentioned that a lot of the publishers don't uh, like to use, uh, or editors don't like to use Trump cartoons as much, and but they're very popular online. And I'm wondering if in the '70s or '80s, if these would have made the papers a little more regularly, or is it? just because they like playing it safe now or it'd be interesting uh, to find out. I don't know. They have yeah. shied away from Trump. And uh, I think that's because you make, maybe it's because you make half the people angry. Well, okay. yeah, Dave, I think you, you onto something there. <clears throat> I think that comedy in general was much edgier in the seventies mm-hmm. as well as the late sixties. And you think of a cartoonist, um, Ralph Steadman mm-hmm. and just about all his cartoons, <laughs> it ultimately boiled down to emissions of some sort. Yeah, and I also think that an editor doesn't want to spend all day on the phone defending a cartoon. I mean, they're so mm-hmm. overworked, they're understaffed, they got they're running scared, and uh, yeah. they don't want to they want they want to make people laugh. Mm-hmm. Or maybe their printers have told them that yellow ink is more expensive. So Taylor, <laughs> I think you outdid me. <laughs> I love that drawing. Maybe the first time it's been published. No. <laughs> you know, this is a great drawing. This is a great drawing. You can actually smell it. <laughs> That's quite the compliment, Pat. I appreciate. <laughs> Excuse me, Bob. I appreciate that. Uh, well, this you know, I'm I'm sort of uh, not sure what to say here because this was in reference to uh, the blank blank countries that Trump himself, as as Trump himself described them. I guess we can't do that on this podcast, can we? Well, yep. I think YouTube searches the transcript for four-letter words. Mm. So if you say the four-letter words, I will cut them out. I see. Well, of course, this is totally, I guess you, this could be a hyphenated eight-letter word. But uh, this, again, this was after he described the developing 
world in certain terms. And this was my response to it. Very good. There are variations on this theme. I thought this was nice. Stepping in the the Trump MAGA hat. And that's a curse word we can use. MAGA? So, Perhaps he is saying MAGA. So what, what, what I find interesting is that this is by Rick McKee. Yeah. Who is a conservative cartoonist. Yeah. But he wants nothing to do with Trump. Right. But there are some out there like that. Yeah. yeah, I think Rick's kind of, Rick's almost more in the middle, I find, with, with uh, some of this stuff. There's some that are still hardcore on the Trump side. So. Oh, man, hardly ever. And I look at those cartoons <laughs> and I say, they cannot possibly believe what they're saying here. But they do. And they probably think the same thing about me. This is a lovely cartoon, Taylor. Mutual admiration society. We have the dogs <laughs> sniffing each other's butts. Yeah, well, BB and... Donald and Vlad, and uh, well, that's what they do. You know, they they're strong men who all admire each other, <laughs> and they're just letting them. They're just letting each other know. You know, we've discussed this before, but I love how you always have Trump drooling. I don't do that so much anymore. Well, what caused you to change? I guess I got a little bored with it. It may come back. In fact, I might have both Trump and Biden drooling. I, that'd probably be appropriate in terms <laughs> if they if they actually debate. It'll be well, a that's, that's very even-handed of you. I find it's hard to take a politician and change him into an animal. I think you did a nice job in those. Uh, in the, well, uh, with, uh, you I can still recognize the caricatures. So. Daryl, can you go back to that cartoon just for a second? Have you had a problem with editors with testicles? <laughs> I don't remember them mentioning it in particular, but I don't think you've ever seen the the most printed cartoons list I see. Mm. Well, because you see them on Putin, but I always, whenever I've drawn a dog in a cartoon, uh, especially if it's as a person... Uh, I'll try to fit them in there, but do it in a way that it's, you know, understated. It's for someone has to look. Do you watch Rick and Morty? No. Well, you should watch it because it is all about putting testicles into everything. <laughs> <laughs> it's my son's favorite, so I'm I'm familiar with it. He's always showing me clips. <laughs> I'll check it. I'll check it out. So this is from uh, Bulgarian cartoonist Christo Komornitsky. And uh, I thought this was cute. There's actually quite a few of these cone on, on Trump's heads cartoons that hmm. keep him from chewing on himself. And it's kind of the ultimate humiliation for dogs to have to wear those things. I mean, obviously they have a purpose, but every dog looks silly. And I think maybe they feel that way wearing those things. You know, it's got a handle on it, which also defines it as a bullhorn. Yeah, that's what I was noticing. Yeah. Yeah. Here's one from Adam Ziglis. Says the inner circle as Trump wears his cone. I guess North Korea is in the inner circle then. So there's a cartoon by Steve Sack where he gives Donald Trump the cone of shame on his little hands so that he can't sign stuff. I don't know if you recall that cartoon. <laughs> that was brilliant. That's really good. <laughs> this is R.J. Matson with the border wall cartoon. Trump is the <laughs> beware of dog, and they're climbing over the border wall, and, and Trump is a threatening dog to them on the American side. He didn't seem to keep him out that much, though. Perhaps like more the than now. I like mm -hmm. the details in there. I hate to draw details, but I like to see them in other people's cartoons. <laughs> There's something kind of charming and old-fashioned about the way that he's kind of equally spaced the details in the ground. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a 1930s look, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. RJ's very good at the details. Yeah, it's charming. This is from Ed Wexler, and you have here Doggy Trump, who is chewing up the Constitution, and Paul Ryan says he just doesn't know any better. That's cute. Of course, that's a very early Trump. I think Ed has developed his Trump, and we've lost Paul Ryan, and we don't see him anymore. No. Well, it's a great Paul Ryan, and, and I think Ed's one of the great Trump caricaturists. Mm -hmm. But one thing he's yeah. stuck with, and, and I guess is an early Trump, but that kind of a fold of hair on the top of his head, that's, that's a trademark of all 
all of uh, Ed's trumps. I really like it. Yeah, and it's interesting to see all the different depictions of his hair and in, in all these uh, different cartoons. Some people draw a big spike of hair. Some people draw wisps that flow around. So here is Bill Day. Trump is chewing up the newspaper, the free press, calling it fake news. There's a lot for Trump to chew up. I like Trump's nose here. This is one of mine during the pandemic. This is a, a What the Doggy Hears cartoon, <laughs> which we've all drawn. And Uncle Sam says, pandemic, but the doggy Trump hears election fraud. Everything sounds like election fraud to him. Yeah. So the thing about the Republicans that I have pointed out before is that two-thirds of them believe a lie, which is mm-hmm. that the election was stolen. And here I am in Red, Utah, and most of the legislature, which is in session right now, they love lies. They love this kind of lie about how they have been marginalized, that they're the ones who are being discriminated against, and they own everything here. But they're convinced that they are being the, the subject of discrimination, that they're really angry about DEI. They recently outlawed that in the state. Male religious people rule the state. They run everything, Hmm. but they think that they're being abused. I feel you should question their policies, question their, the worth, the worthiness of them, the necessity, the expense, uh, raise the specter of unintended consequences. But with, with Republicans, it's easier. You should question their motives. What are they saying? What are they really saying? What are they really trying to do? And I think the lie stuff just fits right in. There's something else going on. They don't believe half of what they're telling you. I was reading about this the other day, just how uh, a lot of the Republicans in power secretly behind the scenes don't believe any of this stuff, but it works. So they, their base eats it up. And that's kind of all they have is just to say election fraud, you know, when when something doesn't go their way and... uh, Biden has opened our borders and, and is inviting people from South America to your neighborhood and nonsense. I, I mean, think we are at, what we do. If you act like you believe it, then it doesn't make any difference if in private you don't believe it. I'm not going to cut them any slack for saying in private that we never hear that they don't believe stuff. I think on the left, I think people like Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren really believe that all their plans are going to work and just make the world wonderful. They really believe it. And I think with Republicans, they just don't believe what they're what they're saying. Well, I think with the Republicans, it all comes down to abortion. It's all about abortion. And they'll say whatever they have to say to keep their power. It's And also, I think that with the evangelicals, they believe the word of the Bible and that the Bible is exact science. And I think anybody that believes that will believe anything. That's like Trump is a godly man. Yeah, <laughs> I, think, orange, I think abortion is just, just one one thing on their list. I mean, they are certainly obsessed with sex. I also uh, think that these people are victims, and then probably a lot of them are sexually abused as children and have never dealt with it. Yeah. And, and, and so that's, they go into the sexual thing. I mean, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. So, so being in Utah for almost 50 years doing cartoons, I, I occasionally get these people who run on a purity platform. Yeah. They're against pornography. They're against nudity. And they you know, bring this up in the legislature. And there was this guy named Robert Estes who gained a lot of traction here because he was just a, a crusader against pornography and against underage sex and blah, 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 blah. And he's the guy who hit Justice Blackman, who's speaking at the University of Utah, and he goes up on the stage and he punches him. He hits him. And then it turns out later that this Estes character was creeping on young girls. So it's always projection. That's not the only that's not the only example I could bring you about 
what's going on in, in these right-wing, very religious circles, because it happens here in Utah all the time. You know, they're very religious, they're very Mormon, they're very rigid. But then you've got the Speaker of the House 10 years ago, who is hot-tubbing naked with a 16-year-old girl. Hmm. He gets up there and he confesses to the entire house. He confesses and they give him a standing ovation. Oh, Pat, or Pat, what? Oh, man. Pat, I thought since you've been in Utah for so long, or had been, I thought that one thing that separated the Mormons was a real healthy uh, attitude towards sex in general among Mormons. Well, I'm grateful to have grown up Mormon because sex will always be dirty to me. Oh, okay. Well, I, I was mistaken. Every time I sit down to talk about dogs, we end up talking about religious <laughs> extremism. <laughs> Daryl, uh, the earlier, the, the Hitler podcast, you said that everything eventually winds up with a reference to Hitler. Are we going to get to that here? Godwin's Law. I think we just mentioned Hitler, Taylor. Very good. Here's This is one of my first Trumps before I knew how to draw, draw Trump at all. And this was when he had just knocked off all of those GOP challengers in the primaries. Please, yeah, that's first. good. Mm. But you got those, you got those little, that, those funny little lips of his, right? You get just the way, you know, they kind of, they, they kind of really sort of, they just a little tiny pout sticking out. Oh, I look at this Trump and I cringe. That's not what he should well, look like. Well, still, but we don't have, we've gone beyond <laughs> drawing him what he should look like. All we have to do is, is have a, a few of those cues of Trump and we can do yeah. anything. It's almost like impressionists. They kind of go overboard with the impressions now. Remember even George Bush and Dana Carvey, he did the not gonna die. It was like way over the top. He didn't sound like that at all, but everyone yeah. knew, who, knew who he was uh, imitating. So this is from Hugh Bertram's and this is an exuberant Trump humping the leg of Macron. I think this is funny. I don't think we get dog humping cartoons reprinted much, but you know, I haven't tracked that either. I like his style. It's always a square cartoon. It fills the, every, uh, all the drawing fills the frame. There's something mm -hmm. about it that, uh, unique. Yeah, definitely. And this has some real good humping action. You can kind of feel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There was a time there when he was just so enamored of Macron because Macron had these big military parades. Yeah. He wanted to do that. Right, right. That, he never quite achieved that. At the same time, I think he, he dislikes or is threatened by politicians that are better looking than he is. Like, he doesn't like Trudeau. He doesn't like Macron. I think I think he had an issue with him at one point because he's better looking and Trump has to think he's the top dog. Although earlier, early in Trump's presidency, which kind of dovetailed with Macron's, Macron was very open and welcoming to Trump and Melania. You know, Macron's tried to stay... On, uh, he tried to stay on Trump's right side the whole time. It's hard right to get to the right of Trump. I mean, in a social way. Very and, good. And but these world leaders kind of have to keep on the right mm -hmm. side of Trump because he's the most powerful person. Mm -hmm. So here's one of my Trump. He's getting bit by Omarosa. I remember Omarosa. Oh, and yeah. Omarosa really did turn against him. She wrote a Trump bashing book. And I thought that was all great fun. And we had a whole bunch of uh, very nice Omarosa cartoons, but Omarosa's kind of sadly been forgotten. And she was fun for a week. Where, where is she now? Oh, she's gone. So Taylor, tell us about this one. You've got Trump and his lookalike friend. Boris Johnson. You know, they both have that crazy hair, a different kind of crazy hair. And Boris was very much a kind of ape Trump style in some ways, very brusque and kind of, you know, just forcing himself on upon people. They different on the environment, I'll say that. But I just thought that that just came to me. You can Google dogs look like their owners. You're going to find endless pictures of this sort of thing. So you think that Boris Johnson was real toady to Trump? Partly, yes, I, I think so. 
I think that the British Tory party, when Johnson was in charge, wanted to kind of um, sort of be Trump uh, lookalikes, or not, well, not lookalikes, but they wanted to be like Trump. And of course, this goes back to Brexit and, and things like that. I love how Taylor's, um, these details that he throws in there, and they're just lovely. For instance, look, look at the buttons on Trump's sleeve. You can almost reach out and <laughs> he, touch them. That's he just, always has four. <laughs> really? It's always four. No, he's going, I never he's noticed that. He wears expensive blazers. Hmm. I like the yeah, lips in Boris's nose. It looks very intimate. <laughs> that was my <laughs> The lick. And here you've got uh, Doggy Pence. There are actually quite a few uh, Doggy Pence cartoons because Pence was so toady. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lap dog, a true lap dog, yeah. This is lovely. I like the Nazi Eric. I'm trying to think of, um, I don't know if it's Purdue University in Indiana, was a white bulldog. And and that's what gave me, I, I guess. That, oh, the University bulldog. of Georgia. Well, there's uh, that Yale, too. Well, Yale there's that. has a Yale's a bulldog too. <laughs> Maybe it's, yeah. Okay, I, I, but that that he just struck me. He struck me as the the mascot, uh, the bulldog mascot for apparently any number of universities. Yeah, <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, the the bulldog for University of Georgia is just a wonderful cartoonist thing because you know they've had Jack Davis. Yeah, uh, just going to uh, mention him. Their, yeah. their bulldog for what decades and decades. Yeah, and well, decades. maybe that's. It's just the most wonderful art of any of the college mascots. UGA. That's Uga. the name of the dog. Uga. 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 Hmm. University of Georgia. Uga. Back to the cartoon. Something I want to point out here. So uh, the Utah legislature recently banned DEI offices and universities, which is Explain diversity, DEI. equity, inclusion, right? Diversity, mm-hmm. equity, inclusion. Okay. It actually means Don Jr., Eric, and Ivanka. <laughs> <laughs> that's the true DEI. Yeah, let's get some conspiracy theories going here. Ba- ba- that's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a germ of a cartoon right there. Republican DEI. <laughs> Pat, I thought this cartoon was great. I love the mm-hmm. body language on the Nazi dog. Nazi mm-hmm. dog is just great. The foaming at the mouth is great. The red eyes are great. <laughs> Trump holding the meat is great. The little pussy hat lady is great. This is just, I just love the drawing of this mm-hmm. one. No, thank you. I'm kind of proud of this one. But I was just thinking the other day, what happened to all those pink pussy hats? Yeah, you know, yeah it was kind of a thing of the past. I'll be back. Huge uh, rallies coming out against uh, Trump's fascism, mm-hmm. which is what it is. Um, I'll make one prediction for next year. If Trump yeah. is back in office, I uh. think it's going to be, if that happens, <laughs> it's going to be four years of nonstop civil unrest. And of course, oh, that's going to egg Trump on because he's going to want to use the army to try to stop the protest. Mm-hmm. But I think, you, among other things, you'll see the pink hats back. Yeah, I I think they're still kind of around. My wife was knitting these hats for a long time for my daughter and for friends and things. It was they were passing around the the plans for making your pussy hats, and uh, it was such a big thing. Again, I like the lips here, uh, Pat. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and that dog is terrific. Like I love the big graphic shape. Dogs are always a struggle to get the anatomy right with their legs for me, but yeah. You just nailed it there. Well, thank you. Thank you. This is one of my all-time favorites of yours, Pat. You've got the MAGA dog drinking out of the Fox News toilet. Um, I think sometime I'm going to do a podcast just on Trump and toilets. Um, That should be a good one for us. I'll I'll put this cartoon back in. This is wonderful. Tell us about your cartoon. I put this out there and people say, no, 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 no. But I think you can trace the fall of the American system back to the establishment of Fox News, which was started in 1996. 
And since then, you've seen a rapid fall off in trust in the institutions that make us a nation. You know, the institutions like the courts, the Congress, the presidency, people don't trust anything anymore. And it didn't start with Fox News, but Fox News accelerated it. Pat, can I ask you now, of course, you did this for the Salt Lake Tribune, and you you mentioned about the conservatism of Utah, the certain Utah legislature. I guess Salt Lake City is something of a democratic city, isn't it, in the midst of it all? There's, yeah. I mean, there's Because this is not a conservative cartoon, and none of your cartoons are conservative, as far as I can tell. And, and does the Salt Lake City have Tribune have like lots of enemies? People, they, they read it, but they hate it because of a political stance it takes? Oh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of hate reading going on here. Um, the Salt Tribune was established 150 years ago wow. to be a counterweight to the LDS Church, and it's maintained that position ever since. And That's it's not great. anti-Mormon, mm-hmm. but Mormons don't like to be reported on, and all that we do is we report about things that are happening in Utah. For example, if you go to the Tribune website, there's a category called polygamy. You can hit on that. There's nowhere else in the world that you can find a newspaper that deals with polygamy in yeah. its own section. But the Salt Tribune has always had this special place in Utah to be the dissenting voice. And it's been important. It's it's important to the culture here. My grandfather used to take the Deseret News and the Salt Lake Tribune. And so I asked him, why do you take both newspapers? And the Deseret News was owned by the church, still is owned by the church. And he said, well, take the Deseret News to see what the church is saying about a subject. And I take the Salt Lake Tribune to find out what's really going on. <laughs> That's great. That's great. On your cartoon, I love the sketchy back paws. That's just perfect. And they're kind of turned in a little bit toward each other. And, and also the little swirl, the little uh, on, on the, the the base of the toilet there, oh, which every you. toilet has. Very good, Bob. Here you've got dog whistleblower Trump, and he's blowing "Make America Great Again." The inner city is hell. Good people on both sides. All lives matter. Send her back. That wonderful bald spot on his head and looks great. I have to admit, I've kind of gotten tired of drawing Trump. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm sure I will get get back in the groove, but uh, I'm just getting tired of Trump in general. Well, hopefully the rest of the country feels that way. I'm very confident, and you can put... Uh, you heard it here first. Trump will lose. He will lose big time, and the uh, Democrats will win. Yeah, there are those who say he might even not be the nominee still. Like if, it might not be the it's nominee. Like it's written in stone, but a, a lot of people think with everything going on, he may not uh, make it. Well, uh, most presidential election years have had some serious surprises, and mm-hmm. it's early yet. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> So, Bob, explain this one to us. You've got a dog. Dog has no label on him. So it's just a real (laughs) dog. And the dog is chewing on a Trump bone. I have no no idea what it means. (laughs) (laughs) I just like the drawing. You could have put a label on him and it could have meant all kinds of things. Oh, I could put anything on him. could put a Nazi swastika on him. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Anything works. I have no idea what it means. If, if you have an idea what it means, let me know. <laughs> I remember this wonderful thing from The Simpsons where they had, I think it was a blimp or something, and it said, Fox News, not racist, but number one among racists. And <laughs> I thought that was hilarious. And that, you know, that works for Nazis, too. Yeah. That could be a Nazi dog chewing on his comfort food. Pardon the sunglasses, but the glare from the ring light, since I'm not allowed to have the light the ceiling light on, it gets too much after a while. Well, your glasses make you look like a cross-eyed, googly-eyed yeah, character. Well, really <laughs> <laughs> they do. Yeah. That's not an improvement, though. <laughs> Dave, tell us about your dog whistle cartoon. You've got a dog whistle with a tweet and a Trump at really blowing out the racist tweet. Yeah, I think that this started with just the 
play on the trumpet, you know, and I was thinking I got to throw that in a cartoon somehow. And then the dog whistle, someone was talking about a lot of uh, what he says is a dog whistle. And so that just kind of all came together. And uh, to tell you the truth, I don't remember doing this one either. So yeah. <laughs> I love the dog for those, whistle. For those who just uh, listen on audio, Trump's lips are a big trumpet. Yeah. And I should mention too that. Studies have shown that people who listen to podcasts on YouTube, they turn on video. They don't listen to audio. They turn on the video and then Mm. they set their phone down and don't look at the video and Mm. just listen to it. So Uh even the ones that are getting our video are probably not looking at your cartoon. So we must explain that his lips are a trumpet. I love the rendering of the dog whistle here. Oh, thanks. Uh, Also, I'm wondering, has anybody, any of you ever used a dog whistle? Do you know anyone who's ever used a dog whistle? Never have. I, I, I did when I was a kid. I mean, oh, you did? Okay. Long time ago, yeah. So do you don't hear anything when you do when you blow the dog whistle, right? Like there's no sound at all? Nothing. Does it annoy the dog? Does it make him howl? If they're not happy about it. They, they <laughs> definitely hear it, but they don't howl. They just, what, what? So, Dave, here's another nice one. Another wagging the dog cartoon where you've got the Middle East turning around to bite Trump in the butt. Yeah, see, again, something must have been going on with Iran back then because he's wagging the Iran tail. And uh, I guess you could use that right now, just replace Trump. But I, I like how he says he never had any problems when when he was in office. And I People. guess here's some evidence that something was happening. Because <laughs> yeah. I remember thinking it's only like the way he's handling the situation, he's going to get nipped in the butt pretty quickly. So Maybe when he had Soleimani assassinated. Mm, yeah. It could have yeah. been, yeah. I think that's what it probably was, yeah. Seems to me Trump's foreign policy and military policy that nobody's going to do anything, nobody's going to pull any, try to pull anything, Putin or Xi Jinping, because they don't know how Trump will respond. Mm-hmm. And I suppose that works in a way, but it could also start World War Three. Well, yeah. it seems pretty clear that he's going to withdraw any support for Ukraine and be the mm-hmm. Putin toady again. Well, of course, he likes to say that had he been in the White House these past four years, Putin never would have invaded Ukraine. And mm-hmm. if that were the case, it's only because probably Putin would have had no idea how, how Trump was going to react. And therefore, better not do anything, you know. Uh, but again, I think that's a risky, pretty risky policy. Well, I don't think I that think. works anymore, though, because he can pretty well be sure of how Trump would react. Well, on. true. Mm-hmm. I think I think Putin knew exactly how to manipulate Trump, and oh, he absolutely. was doing it. He was mm-hmm. doing it. Yeah. I think so that he, Putin thought that if he waited for a second Trump term, then NATO would be gone and he'd have free reign. So I think that's what he, he miscalculated, yeah. though. So. Yeah. That may yet happen. Yeah, yeah, true. So here's one of mine. And this is another What the Doggy Hears cartoon. <laughs> the Republican master says, don't vote for Trump. And What the Doggy Hears, vote for Trump. This was, of course, back at the beginning when the party establishment was trying to steer everyone away from Trump with no success. That that effort did not work. And of course, there's no effort that way now. I like the two elephants here, Daryl. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Further to that point, I remember Lindsey Graham had a tweet that everyone keeps bringing back now. It says, if we uh, bring Trump in, we'll be destroyed and we'll deserve it. And and now he's he's kind of uh, completely changed his view. He's a Another Trump lapdog. When uh, Trump was running, I think in 2015 or maybe it was mm-hmm. after his election in 16, Lindsey Graham had a moment of honesty and he said, my party is bat poop crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Moment, well, you know, that was a moment of honesty. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't have, same, doesn't have the same meaning. It has, it's funnier, bat poop. I like it. <laughs> Every now and then he'll say something quite truthful and sort of shockingly <laughs> truthful. 
about Trump yeah. and other stuff. It's mm-hmm. almost like he's got some he's got some truth serum IV. And that once in a while, a little dose of this truth serum comes in and he'll suddenly speak the truth. And then he mm-hmm. goes back to yeah. his usual shtick. It's like he deserves a pat on the back. Well, even when January 6th happened, I think he was one of the people that said, that's it, I'm done. We got to get this guy out of here and Ooh. never go back to Trump. And then next week... He yeah. was back to, you know, praising Trump again. So I can't mm-hmm. understand it. Here's another <clears throat> one of my Trump and doggy with Putin saying, kick NATO again for me, Donald. And uh, Trump has given the boot to the NATO doggy. That's good. Uh, you know, may, NATO may be in trouble if Trump comes back. And that is mm-hmm. very scary. Cartoon here. I like it. This one is from J.D. Crow, and you've got Grinch Trump with uh, doggy reindeer Mitch McConnell saying, nothing to impeach here, and he's sitting on his big Christmas sled full of lies, abuse of power, obstruction. But it's just the the Trump as the Grinch with his posture that makes me laugh. This cartoon is all about posture of both Mitch and Trump. And it's not very often that a cartoon has posture that makes me laugh. I like too the, uh, the tie that is also the leash that is also the, cord around the mm-hmm. bag of lies. Yeah, I didn't notice that, yeah. So and I thought, the whip I thought this was a wonderful funny. cartoon. Yeah, the whip is pretty funny, too. I like how it just kind of echoes what's going on with the bags and the and the sleds. But you look at a cartoon that's drawn this funny, uh, you kind of forget the gag of the cartoon and just remember how funny the drawing is. Mm-hmm. And this one is from our Monty Wolverton. He's drawing the dog whistler with an ambitious drawing of the Republican convention filled with dogs as delegates. I would not want to sit and draw this. And uh, you can see how he took a few little tricky steps at drawing a thousand dogs in the crowd, but uh, very ambitious cartoon. You know, graphically, I think... Notice also that they're all white dogs. Yeah, mm, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and Monty's got some little graphic tricks here, which are really nice. Having that little space of black on, by, on the bottom, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, that, that kind of, that, that seems to help make it look kind of real in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're, they're all together, but there's a little, you know, little spaces. And it's good. Is there a statement being made with the, the musical note being backwards? No. <laughs> it means Trump is dyslexic. <laughs> Either Trump is dyslexic or Monty yeah. is. White, white dog matter, maybe? I don't know. <laughs> All the white dogs is funny. Here's, but here's the thing. Is that he's, he's one they of the only run presidents who's uh, never had a dog in the White House. He has not had a pet, right? Yes. That's true. When Although last time the president didn't have a dog. That's true, although it, I have to say I'd rather have a president who doesn't really want pets, not have them, than there have been too many presidents, I think the Clintons come to mind, where you really wonder if they cared either, at all for either Buddy or Socks. And the Bushes love their, their dogs. Uh, they all have the same kind of dog. Um, it's a Scotty, isn't it? Wasn't that the Bushes' dog? Oh, yeah. yeah. I remember George dog. Bush dropping one of one of the dogs once. Yeah, well, they also had, yeah, <laughs> back when Reagan was president, here was another person who had no business having a pet. And it was when Reagan and Gorbachev were meeting in Reykjavik for one of their conferences. And Time magazine had a story about the the cover story about the conference. And inside they had full page pictures, one of Reagan and his dog and the other with Gorbachev and his beloved cat. And you could tell that Reagan couldn't care less about the dog. And I'm not sure he even knew it was other than just a prop in the picture. Mm-hmm. Whereas you could tell that that Gorbachev really loved his cat. And in fact, that was the cat that later 
when the Gorbachev had to get out of Russia quickly as everything was falling. I remember that they had to stop and go back and get their cat that to get so they bring their cat on the plane with it, but they, they you know they, they wouldn't leave until they had their cat. <laughs> and and I, I like it when 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 a president presidential family loves their pets, mm-hmm. and I'd rather otherwise than not not have them. We yeah. just had Biden with his biting dog commander. I was just going to mention but, that, yeah. But he loved <laughs> a, but yeah. he loved big dogs. You know, that's a different story. I guess commanders under control back in Wilmington. But, you talk about Clinton not caring about his cat socks, but boy, was cat socks in the cartoons oh, during yeah. that time. Yeah. Socks the cat was just observing everything and commenting in all kinds right. of cartoons. Mm-hmm. I think probably the biggest presidential dog moment was Lyndon Johnson lifting his dog by the ears. Dog. Um, <laughs> that just dominated editorial cartoons. That was, that was classic. It was a standard thing for editorial cartoons, lifting by the ears. Well, of course, dogs I, are I, I a wonderful think, tradition in editorial cartoons. Uh, Johnson mm-hmm. couldn't care cared less about his dogs either. They were just they were just hounds, hunting hounds. And a lot of people in Texas have them on their ranches and what have you. Often they aren't in the home. They just stay in a pen when they're not mm-hmm. hunting. And of course, FDR loved his little Scotty, Fala. That was another dog that was a king sort of thing. And Nixon loved checkers. Eh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> or or King, King Timaho from the when he was president. What was this dog when he was president? King Timaho. Oh, that's <laughs> very impressive, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. Gentlemen, that is the end of our dog podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Kegelcast wherever you're watching or listening today. <clears throat> Go to kegel.com slash subscribe. You'll get our newsletter and you'll get an announcement of every new podcast and you'll get all kinds of wonderful cartoons and it costs nothing and what a deal. Our Kegelcast is available in both video and audio versions. It's on all of the platforms. It's on YouTube. It's on kegelcast.com. It's on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. So uh, come and watch and look at all the cartoons. And gentlemen, I've just been delighted to have you today. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Nice meeting you pat and bob yeah good to meet you guys good to see you again good to see you guys again too yeah okay i'll have you back for the next one i uh, in in coming weeks i think we're going to do trump in the toilet because we can do a whole podcast on (laughs) toilets uh, (laughs) oh excellent